0: Chris Howard uh, from Harvard Business School uh, some 10 years ago from Oxford University. Um, My wife is uh, from South Africa. I met her when I was on the Rhodes Scholarship, so I can never say anything bad about the Rhodes Scholarship because she'd kill me. Um, And we argue as we watch Hardball, as we watch this week with David Brinkley, this week with Sam Donaldson now, and as we watch um, the myriad shows, that there's no such thing as a we. And that the, the words that you banter around, we, it's, it's maybe it's uh, non-existent. Skip Gates said at Harvard Business School years, uh, Harvard years ago that if there's an African-American community, give me the fax number. And if there's a world community, give me the fax number. I want to send them a message. So I think that the, the devil's in the details and how you create the world community where we can be within our race and be within our community at the same time, you witnessed what happened in Bosnia, we witnessed what happened in Rwanda, and I'm just curious from both of your standpoints, how do we get around that? Because, and my final thing is that, you know, as you drive through my hometown in Dallas, Texas and Plano, Texas, you have affluent white Plano and you have poor inner-city brown and black Dallas. And they're almost two different worlds like Andrew Hacker said. They're two worlds, separate and unequal. And I was just curious, how do we actually get to the details of creating a way? We?
1: Well, I think, uh, let, me, let me just try and then I'll let Bono talk. I, First of all, in Texas, uh, we have, in America, we had African-American and white high school graduation rates even, almost exactly even, for the last three years, for the first time in the history of the republic. We had the percentage growth in African-American income, family income, in the 90s was even greater than it was for the national average. We had the highest home ownership in history and the highest growth rate in history of minorities. Now, we had a lot of... The poverty rate only went down by about 10% in the 1990s, according to the census. That's mostly because we continue to be open to immigrants and let people come in and start anew here. Uh, But Texas uh, has uh, the African-American mayor of Dallas running for the United States Senate. Uh, And I think he's got an excellent chance to win because there's a sense that we can create a common community and because there's a sense that poor people without regard to race can move from poverty to the middle class and beyond. Uh, This is the process and a sense of fairness. It's not something you can wave a wand and do overnight. Uh, In the world, I think, uh, I'll just use the examples that you gave. Uh, I've already, I've said repeatedly, I think the United States made a mistake not going into Rwanda sooner with the United Nations. And uh, I think I did the right thing by working with President Mandela to head off in Burundi. What happened in Rwanda? When we did it, there are 19 separate parties working in Burundi. We became a part of a global community effort there. I think what we did in Bosnia in ending the war there and creating a, a multi-ethnic democracy, even though it's fledgling, was the right thing to do. I think what we did in Kosovo and General Clark led it, and his wife Gertz here tonight, was the right thing to do. I think that showed the beginnings of a global community. And that's why I supported the Criminal Court and the Kyoto Treaty and the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty because I think those things are manifestations of a global community. Ronald, I think you have to do it by specifics. I don't think you can do it. In some, it's not just enough to be for something. You have to put meat on the bones with very specific examples. Ronald, that's a good question. What is the address of the African-American community? Where would you send a letter? That's, that's very <clears throat> cute, but it's not relevant. I couldn't care less. Um, I, I,
2: I, one of the great things about post-September the 11th is, is these, you know, Irish-American, African-American, it all seems to be... That's one of the positives. They do seem to be blurring together. But they're not blurring together to the point where there is a we. And I, I, I agree with that. And uh, I think the we is really a difficult thing to achieve and, uh, you know, equality really is a pain in the arse. I mean, it really is a difficult concept to swallow. And the journey of equality has been a really, a really, really long and, and kind of wayward one. You think of Jews, uh, sh- sheep herders with shit on their shoes you know, walking in front of pharaohs and kings. And the pharaoh looks down and goes, <coughs> you're equal to me? And the Jews look in their book and they go, yeah, yeah, that's what it says here. Yeah, we are we are equal, actually. And then you get on and say, OK, well, people can accept. OK, maybe, they, maybe you're equal, OK, you're Jewish. But not blacks, not blacks in America. I mean, let's please, not women. Come on, I mean, equality, but but not for women. And there's this this sort of, as equality starts its journey, it has these huge bumps in the road that seem impossible. And the next one is this idea that uh, distance can decide who is our neighbor to love. And indeed, a head of state in Europe, very famous. I was about to. uh, uh, No, don't go. I won't. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. He said to me, of course, If 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 if, if, uh, uh, if these people weren't black and African, do you think we could let this happen? Absolutely not. There's an inbuilt, not racism, but acceptance of inequality in us. Because if we really believed that these people were equal to us, and we really believe that those mothers cared about their children the same way as my wife cares about ours. We would not be doing
0: this. Maybe may go back to what the president said in the sense that it, it, if you can learn presidents when you're young, you can learn equality when you're young too. And I think that maybe the exposure or the sort of creating this we, this community at the base level, so at the same time you're doing your age awareness, you're exposing people to these ideas that there is, you know, that the community sort of extends beyond the village and extend beyond the city, extend beyond the server, we might be in a better way 10 years from now. Thank you. Thank you. If,
1: if, if yeah. I could, can I just say one yeah, other sure. thing? I think you're absolutely right, but let me just say, the other thing I think we need to recognize here is quite beyond the differences we're talking about and reaching beyond them. If you think about the ideology of people who think it's okay to kill, why didn't they kill those 3,100 people September the 11th? killed people from 70 countries. They killed a couple hundred Muslims. They killed a six-year-old girl who was going to work with her mother. Or what about, our, and I could give you lots of other examples, not just in America. The, the people who did that believe they have the truth. And the people who don't share their truth deserve whatever they get. Therefore, their definition of community is by definition exclusive to those who agree, who think and act like they do. So maybe another way for me to answer that is not it's to say a community is not just something you have a membership card to with a phone number of, a, of the, the local chapter. But it certainly is believing a certain set of ideas that nobody has the whole truth that life is a journey not a destination and that we all have something to learn from one another and that our differences really do matter. They're important, but our common humanity matters more. People that accept those basic ideas, I would argue, can create a global community. And the people that don't are gonna cause us a lot of problems. And I, 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 and that's pretty much the story of this battle throughout eternity. I remember once uh, the leader of one large Protestant uh, organization came to have breakfast with Al Gore and me one day because he thought we were apostates, because we were pro-choice and pro-gay rights. And this guy looked at me, he was a very nice man, but he looked at me and he said, I don't want a political answer, I just want a yes or no answer. Is the Bible literally true or not, yes or no? (laughs) And I said to him, I never will forget this, I said, well I think it is completely true, but I don't think either you or I are wise enough to understand it completely. Well, boy was he mad. <laughs> he was mad. But but you don't, but you gotta understand that's what I really believe. And he said what he really believed. And I don't think he, I'm not saying that he's a terrorist, this guy. I didn't mean that. But he did believe that he could have, he could glean from a document the complete and whole truth. And I really don't believe that. I think this is a journey. And therefore, I'm pulling for you because I might learn something from you if you hang around long enough. That's a big, and so that's, I think, ultimately the answer to his question. It's not, my notion of community here is not membership in a club with a home office, but a sense of shared values that gives us a certain disposition that permits us to live and work together and makes us highly resistant to being taught to kill. That's what I mean by that. Bono, I'd just like to not ask you to name the European leader you were talking about, but do you, th- do you think the reason the world went into Bosnia or other places, but not into Rwanda, when the evidence was yeah. there, we're not talking about something that was secret, that governments and people didn't know about, do you think it was just distance? Y- yeah,
2: we well, see, the pe- people in Bosnia were watching MTV. They look very, very like um, us and and they're very familiar and um, and and I think that is it, it's it's distance culturally perhaps um, but not because the ones in Africa were black I think I think it's just cultural distance I don't think it's racist though I talked to there's a congressman Tom uh, uh, Levance, Um uh, Lantos Lantos and uh, he, he was in Auschwitz and he told me he said you know they saw us being put on the trains. And the reason they didn't do anything about it was that deep down they really didn't believe that we were equal to them. And I said, do you feel, as a person who survived Auschwitz, do you recognize any of your friends and family's faces in the people of, of, uh, of, of Africa and other places? And he said, absolutely. and That's exactly the reason why we're not doing anything the same thing. Now, Mr. President,
1: you've said tonight that you right. were late. Why? Yeah, but see, I, I, let's, let's not give ourselves too many pats on the back for Bosnia. We, we didn't go into Bosnia until there were two and a half That's million right. refugees and 250,000 people had died and it had been going on for three years. And, and I'm not proud of that. It took us that long to get together, the international coalition, to do that. Now, we went immediately into Kosovo and therefore far fewer people died and it was over much more quickly because we had learned the lesson in the Balkans. But I think it's important to recognize that anything that happened in those uh, from like the late 1989 to about 1995-96, we were slow on. And I, I, I don't, th- at least for me, it wasn't because they were African. I think, that, I think that a lot of us wondered whether we could do something, a lot of us, you know, we didn't even have the level of conversations I think we should have about it. And I don't think we did know that that many people were going to die that quickly. I don't think we knew that. But we knew there was going to be a lot of trouble. And I think the, the frustration of what happened in Somalia was there. I think the, the, the fact that we didn't quite have our thing done in Bosnia was there. I think there are a lot of reasons. But they're all excuses. They're not good reasons. The point is, I think we have learned from it. And I don't think America would let that happen again. I think that the fact that we moved so quickly in Kosovo proved that. I think the fact that we were involved with uh, President Mandela and heading off a similar situation in Burundi proved that. And a lot of the other places we were involved in, I, you know, so I don't think that will happen again. But I think it happened because we didn't see it as part of our global responsibility, and it was easier to resolve doubt in favor of inaction. And I don't think that's going to happen in our country again. I think it would be very difficult for any American government, without regard to party, to walk away from that sort of situation again, after the experiences we had in Bosnia and Kosovo and and Africa and other places.